Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Tuesday, April the 12th. 2022. And today, we're going to have a great conversation with Maya Abraham, CEO of Great Life Teens, Inc. We're going to talk about the five babies born alive in D.C., that big story. We did report on that story last week, but we're going to get some more details about what's the update on that. We're also going to find out what is Great Life Teens and how do they reach teens for the pro-life cause. Uh, Maya Abraham is going to be our guest Coming up at 35 past the hour. Lots of stories in the news, of course. Unfortunately, there is bad news for those poor Carmelite nuns in Fairfield, Pennsylvania. Uh, Their apostolic visitation did not go well. In fact, they're being forced to submit to court ons. They've also lost their chaplain, so that's a bad thing. So please keep them in your prayers. 69 GOP lawmakers asked the Department of Justice and the FBI to investigate the deaths of those five babies. We'll cover a little bit of that as well uh, today. And then the uh, the forced masking returns in Philadelphia. So enjoy that, Philly. Enjoy that. Elections have consequences. The White House is expecting inflation to be extraordinarily elevated in March. That's fun. And that report comes out today, as a matter of fact. I think this morning it comes out, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. So get ready for big numbers according to the White House. Those and a lot more stories coming up this hour. Good morning to Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Oh, hey, I saw yeah. some good news in the in the uh, news today. Oh, you did? Yeah, one lone good news story, and I thought this is brilliant. What is it? Uh, I forget now. Oh, I for, I, I all forget. the bad news. Yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should we should just start a channel of nothing but good news. Hey, that's a great idea. We should post nothing but good news on like on, a, on like a side channel or something. Post it uh, maybe once a year. Is that all we're going to get out of it is once a year? <laughs> that would oh, be kind boy. of funny. Well, yeah. God is good either way, right? Uh, what That's else true. is going on over there? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, well, there's a couple China stories coming up, and, uh, you know, they, they happen. You know what's funny about reading reading anything from, from China? They say things like, oh, it has nothing to do with this current situation when it actually does. <laughs> It's like it's bum, bum, so <laughs> it's so heavy-handed. Yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting. Speaking of heavy-handed, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is good to be here. Praise be to God. In spite of it all. In spite of it all. It's uh, always a great day in Catholic radio to be, be to on God. air. Praise be to God. We have uh, I got an email yesterday from one of our CDT insiders, Lisa Squibbs, and her family. Uh, have been very generous to pray for our intentions this Lent and just be part of the CDT family. We're so grateful to them. Well, uh, she told me that her her father died suddenly on Saturday. Uh, Michael Garut is his name, and she's asked us to ask you, dear listener, to keep Michael in your prayers. Pray for the repose of his soul. He was uh, he was a Catholic. He wasn't a practicing Catholic, but uh, there towards the end, he was starting to make strides to come back. So. Please do pray for Michael Garut. We'd be very grateful to you. Also, Fong today. Thank you, Fong, for taking today to pray fast and to do penance and to offer up your day for our Lenten campaign. 
uh, intentions, which, by the way, is coming to an end now. Where I mean, it's like it's hard to believe we're already here. I mean, Holy yeah. Thursday is just two days away. By. Did, did it? Holy Thursday, yeah. Batman. Holy Thursday, Batman. I like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> I can't believe you're old enough to know that 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 joke. Oh, for for comic books. I'm always uh, young enough. You're down for comedy books. Huh? I know those references. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Praise God. We have a lot to jump into. We are going to cover a lot of ground today in this hour. If you are at all able to join us in the next hour, we would love to have you, of course, play our game Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show with prizes. It's a lot of fun for those that are able to join us. You can always hang out on our website and watch us live there, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray, and uh, we're going to pray the Golden Arrow Prayer. We have a few more days left of our Golden Arrow Prayer. So join me in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Today is Tuesday, April 12th, and these are your headlines. Daily Wire reports, demonstration of force. China flies military supplies into European nation. China confirmed that it had given Serbia regular military supplies after it was reported that several Chinese jets had delivered missiles to the Southeast European country on Saturday. According to China's foreign ministry, the delivery of military supplies to Serbia, which has been economically and politically connected to Russia, has nothing to do with the current situation. Epic Times reports baby formula shortage hits Walgreens as rationing begins. The drugstore chain said in a statement to news outlets that it will limit customers to three infant and toddler formula products per sale due to increased demand and various supplier issues. The issue may partially stem from an Abbott nutrition recall in mid-February. Reuters reports man found guilty of murdering UK lawmaker David Amos. A fanatical Islamist inspired by the Islamic State was found guilty of murdering veteran British lawmaker David Amos, who was a fellow Catholic, by knifing him to death in a frenzied attack in a church where he was meeting voters. Ali Harby Ali was found guilty of both murder and preparation of terrorism at London's Old Bailey Court after the jury took less than half an hour to reach a verdict. And the Washington Examiner reports BLM teases new transparency measures as a group implodes over secret $6 million mansion. Black Lives Matter said it will soon unveil measures to boost transparency after receiving widespread condemnation for concealing a $6 million mansion it purchased with charitable funds in 2020. BLM has yet to publicly announce who has been in charge of the group and its assets since its co-founder, Patrice Coulors, resigned in May 2021 amid scrutiny of her personal real estate purchases. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Zeno of Verona. Zeno was a follower of Athanasius and Patriarch of Alexandria, who accompanied his master when they, the latter visited Verona in 340. Staying in the city, Zeno entered the monastic life living as a monk until around 362, when he was elected successor to the see of Verona after the death of Bishop Grincinus. Zeno had received a good classical education and as bishop baptized many people. 
He won converts back from Arianism and lived a life of poverty. He trained priests to work in the diocese and set up a convent for women. He reformed how the Agape Feast was celebrated and forbade funeral masses being accompanied by attendees having loud groaning and wailing, which was common in Roman funerals. Zeno is described as a confessor of the faith in early martyrologies. St. Gregory the Great calls him a martyr in his dialogues. St. Ambrose, a contemporary of Zeno, does not. Ambrose speaks of Zeno's happy death, although as a confessor, Zeno may have suffered persecution, but not execution, during the reigns of Constantius II and Julian the Apostate. The entry in the current Roman martyrology lists him on April 12th, but makes no mention of martyrdom. According to legend, he was stolen at birth and briefly replaced by a demonic changeling. One story relates that St. Zeno, one day fishing on the banks of the Adige, which he did in order to feed himself, saw a peasant crossing the river in a horse and cart. The horse began to act strangely skittish. Zeno, recognizing this to be the work of the devil, made the sign of the cross and the horse calmed down. Zeno was often said to combat the devil and is sometimes depicted treading on a demon. Another story relates to how he exorcised a demon from the body of the daughter of the emperor Gallienus. The story relates that the grateful Gallienus allowed Zeno and the other Christians freedom of worship in the empire. St. Gregory the Great at the end of the 6th century relates a miracle associated with the divine intercession of Zeno. In 588, the Adige floods its banks, inundating Verona. The flood water reached the church dedicated to St. Zeno, but miraculously reached the church uh, but miraculously did not enter it, even though the door was wide open. The church was donated to Theodilinda, an eyewitness to the miracle and wife of King Otheri. Zeno's episcopate lasted for about 10 years, and the date of his death is sometimes given as the 12th of April, 371. St. Zeno of Verona, pray for us. Praise be to God. In all things, the gospel today comes to us from John chapter 13, verses 21 through 33 and 36 through 38. Reclining at table with his disciples, Jesus was deeply troubled and testified, Amen, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another at a loss as to whom he meant. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining at table, reclining at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter nodded to him to find out whom he meant. He leaned back against Jesus' chest and said to him, Master, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I hand the morsel after I have dipped it. So he dipped the morsel and took it and handed it to Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot. After Judas took the morsel, Satan entered him. So Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now none of those reclining at table realized why he said this to him. Some thought that since Judas kept the money bag, Jesus had told him, Buy what we need for the feast, or give something to the poor. So Judas took the morsel and left at once, and it was night. When he had left, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. 
If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me. And as I told the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. So now I say it to you. Simon Peter said to him, Master, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, though you will follow me later. Peter said to him, Master, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Amen, amen, I say to you, the cock will not crow before you deny me three times. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love the detail of John's gospel. He is so, he gives you so many details, so many nuggets, insights into things. It was night. They're resting at table. John's head's on his breast. Peter gives him the nod, the nudge. Hey, hey, John, ask him. Like, Peter, why don't you ask? Good grief. You're right next. You're on the other side for crying out loud. You're not that far away. But we, but John gives us this detail, this information. Really, I mean, whether it was intentional or not, it gives us the ability to be the fly on the wall, to really see things in a perspective that we wouldn't have otherwise. It's pretty fascinating to me. St. Chrysostom says, Our Lord, after his twofold promise of assistance to the apostles in the future, in their future labors, remembers that the traitor is cut off from both and is troubled at the thought When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Close quote, St. Chrysostom. Ooh, let's not be the traitor, huh? We don't want to be cut off. Origen would say, quote, He is being troubled in spirit was the human part suffering under the excess of the spiritual. For if every saint lives, acts, and suffers in the spirit, how much more is this true for Jesus, the rewarder of the saints? In other words, as Origen's pointing out here, our Lord has been there. He's done that. So all the suffering that you can imagine that you're going through, all the difficulties in life that you are struggling with, all of your stress, your anxiety, your fear, your troubles, our Lord has been there, and he has done that. He has gone before you. He has led the way. Let us ponder that today. Augustine would say, Thou who promised me thy death shall thrice deny thy life. Peter knew his great desire, his strength he knew not. He boasted of his will while he was yet weak, but the physician saw his weakness. Our Lord does see our weakness. He sees our heart and our intentions too. If we fall, if we stumble, get up. Turn back to the Lord and repent. God is merciful and will forgive. We'll be right back. This Holy Week, let us slow down and focus on our Lord's passion through the eyes of Mary. Our Blessed Mother knew Jesus from his miraculous birth to his sorrowful death. The prophecy of Simeon predicted that Mary's own soul would be pierced with a sword, and how quickly the crowds turned from welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday to condemning him to death. We reflect on the fear Mary must have had hearing the crowds cry out, Crucify him. Mary sees her son take up his cross and fall three times as she stands distressed, unable to help him. Our Lady watches as the robe she made for him is ripped from his flesh. 
Mary was the first one to hear Jesus say, I thirst, and now she hears him cry out these words from the cross. Morning, she receives her dead Jesus from the altar of the cross. She buries in death the son she gave birth to. O Mary, renew your motherhood to us now and at the hour of our death. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Maya Abraham, CEO of Great Life Teens, defender of femininity and anti-contraception activist, is going to be on the program to discuss the five born alive babies in the Sergi Center over in D.C. We did cover that story. We want to dive into where we're at now with that. She's also going to tell us about her organization, what she does and why she does it. All of that coming up with Maya Abraham at 35 past the hour. Please stick around for that. There are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. Let me just start with this. I said this at the top of the hour. I think it is an important point and an important topic to discuss. We covered the Fairfield Carmelite story, the nuns there in uh, Pennsylvania, and how they were receiving an apostolic visitation. And there's a document called Korans that basically forces religious communities, specifically women's religious communities, to to gather in like a conference of sorts. You know, think of Congress, right? They have to have representation. And this can be a difficulty. You might argue there are some upsides, you know, praise be to God. But there's downsides, too, that I think are of great concern. And we're seeing them here in this this circumstance where this this community could dictate to this uh, religious community, these Carmelites, and basically tell them they're not allowed to live their charism as it's been laid out for them, according to their founders' desires. So this has been a real issue. They have begged for mercy and, and pleaded for, for the Vatican to, to not make them subject to this congregate, this sort of this commission, this conference, this congress of sorts, if you will. I'm just trying to characterize it there. But unfortunately, we've discovered yesterday through an exclusive interview with Father Maximilian Mary uh, at LifeSite News yesterday that uh, not only are they going to have to, there's no, there's no dispensation being given to them, that they will have to get in uh, to follow Korans and they will probably lose their charism, and which means that their many vocations will also uh, likely be decimated. Uh, but they've also lost their two chaplains. They were dismissed by the apostolic visitor. So uh, a very concerning story and development there. It's really not going well at all. So please do us a favor and do keep them in your prayers. I would be exceedingly grateful to you. Um, Here's a story I found this morning that I find very interesting. Here's the article. It comes out of the Blaze Media. It says, Luxury Watch Company crafts blistering rebuke of transgender movements assaults on womanhood. Now, this is a story we're seeing all the time now. I mean, this is really heating up, and it surprises me, to be honest with you. Given the LGBTQ uh, movement in our country over the many decades uh, that has really pushed 
a you're talking a sliver of the population who deals with either same sex attraction and or gender dysphoria uh, is pushing the rest of the populace into um, into a mold which is very troubling as Catholics. We are very troubled by this because it denies the the dignity of the human person made in the image and likeness of God, the gift of human sexuality, and how that plays in who we are. It's making us believe something that is false, and we must stand against that. And this is what surprises me about this. I want to play a little bit of this ad that this company has put out. Uh, Adrian, you got that queued up? What is a woman? Is a woman a history of achievements quickly being erased? Is a woman a feminine force of nature? Is a woman a sister, a daughter, a mother? Is a woman the wonder of childbirth? Is a woman a caregiver? Is a woman a warrior who fought for her place? Is that now being taken away, soon to be forgotten? Is that not worth protecting? Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. I can't. That's good. I mean, I think you get the point. What's fascinating to me about this story is this is a, a company that is boldly standing against the tide. I mean, look what happened with Disney, right, in the Florida case. But this isn't new. I mean, I remember just a couple of years ago, really, uh, when uh, we have these pro-life laws uh, being passed in certain states, company after company after company, CEOs all coming out, you know, condemning the state, saying Hollywood, saying we'll never make movies in those states again. They'll lose all this money. We're going to we're going to fire our employees there. We're never going to do business there. I mean, over and over and over again, the vast majority of companies, people that we have to interact with and give our money to every single day, you know, whether it's smartphone companies like Apple or or Android phones, or is it your your laptop maker or the software on your laptop that you're using, like Microsoft Windows, for instance, or is it Amazon that we spend so much money on that gives money to the LGBTQ agenda, or is it? I mean, it's just literally everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, the the food products you buy in the store, many of those companies. Companies. The, the grocery store itself, like uh, Kroger, for instance, came out in support of these things. So we are surrounded and inundated with companies who give themselves over to the woke agenda all the time. Converse put out Satan shoes for crying out loud. I mean, it's just mind boggling. And unless you're going to, you know, make your own clothes, you know, live subsistence living on a farm someplace, and you're not having to have anything from the outside world, you are likely dealing with companies and organizations that not only oppose what you think and believe as Catholics, as Christians, but are you're basically cooperating with them. And it's almost impossible not to, to be honest with you. And I find it fascinating that in the midst of the, t the tsunami of corporate wokeness, we see a company like this who's willing to put themselves out there and oppose this. 
to stand up for women <laughs> because the onslaught of women is one of the big issues in our in our in our country this these days. So this is a Florida-based watch manufacturer, Edgar Watches. I've never heard of Edgar Watches. I have no idea how good their product is. I highly doubt that if I had a conversation with them, they would take the Catholic position of, you know, the true Catholic position of what women are and their dignity. God made them in a in uh, in fear and awe, right? Like, but I either way, I find this is a good news story. I love it when companies like this are like enough. Enough is enough. The peer pressure to to uh, to go along with this agenda, this narrative. I mean, remember the uh, the Susan uh, G. Komen pink ribbon pressure when they came out pro life and Planned Parenthood applied the vice grip of pressure upon them, and they caved only a couple of days later. Remember that? I mean, that wasn't all that long ago. Well, I applaud. Edgar Watches. Again, I don't know them. I don't know anything about their company, really, other than this one ad, but I was very, very impressed. And he, according to their uh, CEO, this is their statement. It says, the overwhelming majority of Americans are appalled by big tech, big business, and big government's coordinated campaign to erase the hard-fought gains earned by untold mi- millions of amazing women in our society. Yet almost nobody is speaking for them. We crafted an ad campaign that celebrates our grandmothers, mothers, sisters, aunts, and daughters, and everything they represent to paint a stark contrast to the lies we are being told. Yeah, well said. That's the CEO of Edgar Watches in Florida. You know, and it gets me yesterday, uh, Adrian, you and I, you mentioned to me some of the uh, TFP, uh, the uh, American Defense for Tradition, Family, and Property, in their rallies. And talk about uh, the gospel today, where Satan enters Judas. I mean, are we not seeing people who are at least harassed by the devils? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm just looking at, I we might have uh, Mr. John Ritchie on next week to talk about this exact thing, because if you go on to the TFP Student Action uh, YouTube channel and see their recent trip to Georgetown University, and mind you, Georgetown is a Jesuit university in Washington, D.C., and many, many Catholic schools, Catholic groups will stop at Georgetown University whenever they go on the March for Life and things like that. And it was absolutely horrendous because they're out there, they're, they're, they're protesting, but what they're protesting is transgenderism. So, you know, sometimes they protest about uh, the same-sex marriage and things like that, but it's transgenderism on a Catholic campus, and the, and the, the community there absolutely erupts. It was like demonic confusion, and the sad thing was, at one point, a young lady who's a student at the university is saying that, you can't be saying this here at the school, and, he, and Mr. John Ritchie responds, this is a Catholic university, right? You would think it'd be okay to say things that are Catholic at a Catholic university. And she's like, no, no way. You can't say that here. And that is absolutely shocking. Mind-blowing. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. I mean, we're Catholic, right? I mean, that has a meaning. The words have meanings. I mean, what does it mean to be Catholic? If it means that you're going to be exactly just like the world and its whims that, that change today and change tomorrow, then then what does it mean to be—I mean, like, what's the point? What is the point if being Catholic means to be exactly like the world? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no point. You might as well not go to Mass ever. I mean, you're not going anyway. Let's just be honest. I mean, the vast majority of Catholics, 90, you know, 94% of Catholics don't go to Mass anyway. So, like, what's the point here? 
I mean, it's maybe not 94. It's probably more like 84 or something like that. But it's pretty high that most Catholics don't go to Mass. So I, I think it's obvious, common sense, the smell test, that to be Catholic means to be consecrated, to be set apart, right? To be a part of the body of Christ. I mean, our Lord in the Gospels over and over again does not go along with the prevailing winds of Pharisees or Sadducees or Herodians or, or even the Romans, for crying out loud. He stands apart. He doesn't—it's he doesn't, uh, not the goal isn't to just see people go off to hell, skipping happily, right? No, it's to try to save them as much as possible, but they have to be willing participants. You yeah. know, it's funny that you mentioned that because Mr. John Ritchie actually says the exact same thing in the video when they're like, you know, the whole world is accepting this. Why can't you? He says, Christ has told us to not be like the world. Uh, if we're like the world, then what's the point? And I'm like, amen, amen. That's exactly right. We have to be a sign of contradiction. If we are to be like our Lord, who was a sign of contradiction, and if we're called to imitate him, then we too must be a sign of contradiction. And if that means that we're going to have to endure the whips and scorns, the arrows that fly by night that strike us, then so be it. Praise be to God for it, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, hats off to... Edgar watches. I have to check them out. I have no idea again. I, I, hopefully they're really nice watches. I don't know what they cost. I have no clue. I've never seen their company before until this day. But Edgar watches, proud of you. Proud of you for standing up. Now, go to your local Catholic church, join RCA, and become Catholic. Take that one step further and uh, seal the deal for God, for the salvation of souls, and for the dignity of human persons made in his image and likeness. Because guess what? Guess what the devil wants to do? He wants to tear you down, drag you down, kicking and screaming. He wants you to deny your own dignity. He wants you to pretend to be something beneath your dignity. Let's not give him that. We're not animals. We're humans made in his image and likeness. We're special. God made us this way. Let's, uh, let's, not, let's not give up this gift. Amen. We'll be right back. Breaking news and stories. And Myra Abraham is coming up next. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. When Jesus arrives at the tomb of Lazarus, Mary, his sister, kneels before Jesus and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus was friends with Lazarus and his sisters. When he sees her weeping, he is moved, and the gospel tells us Jesus wept. Those two words are the shortest sentence in the gospels, Jesus wept. We see the human side of Jesus joining in the sadness and loss of his close friends. Lazarus represents each one of us, and we too are called to come out of the tomb of sin and death. The story of Lazarus prefigures the resurrection of Jesus at Easter, but it also points to our baptism. As St. Paul says, We were buried with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, that we too might walk in newness of life. This is Matt Maloney for KnowTheFaith.net. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. Axios reports Biden announces pick for ATF and plans to trace ghost guns. President Biden announced Steve Dettelbach as his nominee to head the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, as well as new plans to regulate so-called ghost guns. The administration plans to reclassify certain components which are not typically considered firearms in gun kits as the firearm itself, allowing the government to track them. Washington Examiner reports Philadelphia becomes first big city to reimpose mask mandate. I'd hate to be there. Philadelphia will reinstate indoor masking once again starting next week, citing an uptick in COVID-19 cases due to the so-called Omicron subvariant BA.2. It's the first big city to reimpose a mask mandate since its last remaining ones were lifted starting in February. Breitbart reports China. Criticism of Shanghai lockdown meant to delude people into not fearing coronavirus. The Global Times, a Chinese communist newspaper, says that Western criticisms of China's draconian zero-COVID lockdown policies are just an oversimplified attempt to trivialize the Omicron variant as just a big flu. Many people are facing starvation in Shanghai and other cities after being locked down and unable to leave their apartments. The Hill reports White House braces for extraordinarily elevated inflation numbers. Rising prices in food, energy, shelter, and a wide range of consumer goods have squeezed household budgets in the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic. Administration officials have largely chalked it up to the war in Ukraine, which has roiled global energy markets and upended food supply chains. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, Myra Aaron is supposed to join us. Uh, so as soon as she does, we'll definitely get her on. But there is a story uh, that we covered last week, and I wanted to cover a little bit more of it today. So, uh, Rudy, if you could touch base with her to make sure everything's good to go. Okay. Uh, but here's a story out of LifeSite News. Uh, the headline goes, 69 GOP lawmakers ask DOJ FBI to investigate deaths of nearly full-term aborted babies found in D.C. Now, we covered this story last week, but this is a second letter, um, and it's fascinating to me to see the turn of events here in this particular story. The dozens of Republican lawmakers signed on to a letter Friday calling for Attorney General Merrick Garland to direct the Department of Justice and the FBI to investigate the deaths of five nearly full-term aborted babies found in Washington, D.C. late last month. The move came as pro-life groups last week rallied outside the Washington, D.C. medical examiner's office where the bodies of the murdered babies were being held, demanding a full investigation into the infants' deaths. In an April 8th letter, 23 senators and 46 representatives said they are gravely concerned by allegations brought forward that suggest a preborn baby underwent partial birth abortion at the Washington Surgery, uh, Surgery Clinic in Washington, D.C. Quote, we demand that you conduct a comprehensive investigation on the circumstances surrounding the deaths of each preborn baby, they wrote. The letter was led by U.S. Senator Mike Lee of Utah and Rep. Chris Smith of New Jersey and co-signed by a bevy of Republican lawmakers, including including Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, Josh Hawley of Missouri, Mitt Romney of Utah, Reps. Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, and Lauren uh, Boebert uh, of Colorado, among dozens of others. 
Uh, The lawmakers noted that in addition to passing the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act of 2003, Congress declared that a moral, medical, and ethical conscience uh, exists that the practice of performing a partial birth abortion is a gruesome and inhumane procedure that is never medically necessary and should be prohibited. And the photos are disgusting. And, um, you know, if you, if, you will see a, if you see the photos of these children and you are somehow still okay with all this, golly you is, get to an exorcist as fast as you can. Joining us to talk about this is Meyer Abraham, CEO of, uh, of uh, Great Life Teens. Good morning to you, Maya. Good morning. Praise How are be, you? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Doing very well. Good. Let before we jump into uh, getting you to talk about uh, Great Life Teens, tell me about this case in Washington D.C. at the Sergi Center. Uh, I've seen some pictures of your uh, of your Twitter feed. You uh, you've been involved in this. Tell us about it. Yeah. No. It's it's an absolutely just brutal just just completely disgusting and despicable thing to have to be fighting. And, um, and as you were saying, yeah, there were uh, an abortion, a couple of people who have been fighting this friends of mine were able to, uh, to uncover basically a whole box of 115 children. And five of them had signs of being, of being killed after a partial birth abortion. So the baby was born alive and then left to die or killed after they were born. And so they turned these in, had requested a formal, had requested for them to be formally turned into the police, these five bodies to be examined by the examiner's office with which they have refused to do. And so we have been at the examiner's office protesting and holding these signs, just asking them, please do these autopsies, you know, autopsies now. And they have refused. We have been laughed at and smirked at by the police standing out there. We have the workers who are inside will stand out there, laugh at us, do peace signs, flip us off, whatever, whatever Mm. they decide to do as we are standing there with pictures of these children, as I'm talking to people who have held each of those 115 children in their hands, who have loved them, who have named them, who have performed a Catholic um, funeral, funeral service for them, who, and, um, and just we sing, we have sang, we have laid flowers. We were laying flowers at the pictures of these babies only to be physically pushed by the police away from the building because apparently we're not allowed to lay flowers at pictures of the children who are inside of their building that we are simply asking for autopsies for and justice because it is simply illegal. It should be legal, all abortions, as I'm sure we all can agree, but this is illegal in the United States of America to kill a child after they have have been born, even if it's from a failed abortion. This, the details are disturbing of this case. So yeah. there was a whistleblower who uh, who uh, let uh, Lauren Handy and her colleagues know about this. They they were able to obtain the, the bodies of these five children. One, uh, at least one, if I'm not mistaken, has very clear evidence of a partial birth abortion. So this is a child that would have survived all day long, given some, you know, food, <laughs> And uh, yeah. would have been happy-go-lucky child was murdered after the fact. So you got partial birth abortion. You've got uh, born alive, both being uh, violations of federal law. So it's it's mesmerizing here that the people that were arrested is Lauren Handy and eight other colleagues. Yeah, and it, it's just it's heartbreaking to I mean. 
I, I, I've said like, I've never cried so hard at like a protest because it wasn't just a protest. It was what, it was a memorial service for people who are a part of our human family. And each of those five children, all 115 of them are named. But I think the one that has clear evidence of, of not, uh, of not being able to have been dead when she was born is, is, um, is Phoenix. And basically Phoenix was born in her embryonic sac and it's simply impossible for a child to be born in the embryonic sac without being alive because the embryonic, the baby has to come out first before the umbilical cord. And so the baby still would have been alive when she was born and they left her in the sac, meaning that, and, and severed the umbilical cord, meaning that she suffocated or she drowned in her own embryonic fluids because of that. And it's just simply, and so she's purple and it's just simply, it's mm. so heartbreaking. And then I have to talk to the people who discovered these bodies. And there was another lady there who's been, who, uh, who has been fighting this alongside, uh, alongside me. And she said, um, she said she's been rescuing baby bodies since the 1980s and so she's built up this tolerance to seeing children because she does this every week and she said this was the first time she's cried in a long time because these were clearly babies who had the opportunity to cry who could who out you know whose necks were severed who's outside of the womb you know and she said and, and and they're so and they're fully formed they're they, you know, they could have lived, you know, on without the help of their mother, you know, and, um, and it's just, it's just simply heartbreaking to see, especially to see people laugh, yeah. laugh at us as we show them, as we are showing them pictures of mm-hmm. these children, you know, I don't stand outside abortion clinics with pictures of children, you know, that were aborted, because I don't believe that's what's going to bring the women to us. But I will stand outside that examiner's office and I will show him these are the bodies you have within your office. And you need to do some you need to do an autopsy, you need to provide justice for these children, because this is wrong. And they felt that pain. And one of the babies um, was, uh, was what you would call a live dismemberment. So this baby, I believe this is Harriet, she had you can see in the pictures and this is the one the picture that I posted her arms and her legs are torn off and in it from what we've seen she was alive while this happened now imagine that happening to any other baby that was outside of the womb that person would be charged with egregious murder but yet because this happened in an abortion clinic, because it was a failed abortion, these children are not being provided justice. And that is why this is so important for each person to, to call your senator about, to talk about, because if it doesn't matter, you know, if most of your friends or even if you are, mm. are you know, impartial about abortion, this is clearly wrong. This is 100% clearly wrong. And these children felt that pain. And we have a job yeah. to do to provide justice and not to laugh at justice in the face or not to do anything about it. Because, I mean, that was when I just yeah. started crying was to see was to see them up there. Hold that thought. Myra Abraham is our guest, CEO of Great Life Teens defender of femininity and anti-contraception activist. You can find their website at greatlifeteens.org. More right after this very short break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. There's a lot of depth and interesting details in the story of the woman at the well. Jesus asks a Samaritan woman for a drink while his disciples are off to buy food. And this request leads to a fascinating conversation. 
Jesus reveals to her that he has living water that will cause those who drink it to never thirst again. He also reveals that he knows the details of her personal relationships with several husbands and even tells her, a non-Jew, that he is the Christ, the long-awaited Messiah. We are told that the woman leaves her water jar at the well and goes off to tell the people in town about him. It's as if she completely abandons her important mission for water. She abandons bodily comforts for more important things. And this echoes the apostles who left behind their fishing nets to go follow Jesus. What are we willing to abandon and leave behind to follow the Lord this Lent? This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Peter Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Maya Abraham is our guest, CEO of Great Life Teens. We're talking about this story out of D.C. at the Sergi Center, Cesare Sant'Angelo's Clinic, which is known, by the way, known for this type of crazy all the time. I've heard that they have reviews there from the women who've gone to get abortions there have left terrible reviews because the place is a a real horror show. And it boggles my mind why this person's not being investigated, let alone uh, being arrested. But it's the uh, the pro-life activists who are facing 11 years in prison today and a $350,000 fine for each of them. There's like nine of them. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Maya Abraham. I wanted to bring up the the issue over the company, the medical waste company, Curtis Bay Medical Waste Services. Now, this is interesting because I think it was the driver who gave them, allegedly, gave them the the babies. Uh, But this company apparently takes these babies and then incinerates them to create renewable energy so that citizens of Washington, D.C. can enjoy their their deep fryers, their blenders, their electricity, their television, their Netflix, based on the aborted babies from this clinic and probably others too. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, so so it's a Baltimore in Baltimore, Maryland. It's their energy, uh, it's their energy company. And basically what a lot of, there's a, and there's actually an abortion, uh, sorry, a pro-life organization that basically talks to the workers who are taking the quote unquote medical waste from Planned Parenthoods and they tell them what they are transporting. And so what this organization does is they try to stop, you know, people transporting bodies from Planned Parenthood. And so in this particular instance, someone had was telling the driver about this and the driver had basically consented to wanting to turn at least one of the boxes in for investigation. So that's how they came across the bodies. And yeah, basically 
in Baltimore and people have attested to, to people by this energy plant smelling burning bodies. And even though after all of this, the, 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 the company got on their website and says, said like something about like how we don't burn, like uh, how we don't burn like fetal bodies. And, um, but people literally can smell burning bodies. And yeah, so they power the energy in Baltimore, in Baltimore, Maryland, this quote unquote medical waste, which as proven by this driver are thousands of bodies of aborted children. Mm -hmm. And so when you are driving through Baltimore, you're the lights in Baltimore are powered by babies who have been killed unjustly through abortion. Wow. I mean, that just the demonic presence there must be just absolutely off the chain. It's so shocking. I'm just absolutely flabbergasted by the situation here, especially since it's been happening for a long time. And now we're just finding out about it. The worst part is it's not a one-off situation. This is something yeah. that's happening constantly. And then the thing that I wanted to ask you about is, you know, people are up in arms about the situation. People are freaking out, and rightly so, and justly so. But what's the difference between this baby, these babies that were born alive and then executed in this manner, and babies who are executed two weeks before? There, It seems like people are freaking out about this situation, and the same thing with the energy company. Why is it such an issue to burn these uh products of conception if they are not human beings if it's just another waste from a from a medical facility then who cares right why come out and make a statement saying we're not doing this uh, so uh, what say you about that that situation yeah well i think there's two things to point out there the first thing being like just just reemphasizing what you said well why would it be such a big deal if it's just a quote-unquote product of conception and not a child so yeah why would it be such a big deal why would people need to put statements out what would the issue be with examining the bodies of these children the second thing for all the pro-lifers out there is just recognizing that there is nothing different between a 32 week old child and a one week old child a child that was just conceived the only difference is size. And that's where we have to reevaluate our beliefs. And not just for the pro-lifers, but for anyone who's for abortion, is what is the difference? Why are we suddenly fighting so hard just because we can see a child that was fully formed, that was crying? What is the difference? Because there is no difference between, uh, and my, you know, I believe, and this is science too, that there's no difference between a two-year-old and a child in the womb, right? Except for size. So it becomes an argument of the humanity of a child in the womb. What do you truly believe the value of the child in the womb is? Because we cannot fight for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness if we cannot agree on the dignity of life, which begins as pro-lifers believe at conception. But we have to have that discussion, you know, because if suddenly, you know, if you know, when the, when does someone get their humanity, right? Is it when they're 15 weeks? Is it when they're 32 weeks? The reason we have to fight so hard to show this 32-week-old, this 28-week-old that have been failed, you know, have have died because of failed abortions, we have to, we have to, we have to show that so that people can wonder, what is the difference between this child who was clearly murdered, who we can see who that's, that sin has been just exposed, you know, brought to light? 
well, what is the difference? You know, what is the, the things that aren't exposed, the children who are too small to see, the children who are easily thrown in the trash, you know, literally thrown in the trash because they're so small. So, you know, who wouldn't see, you know? Mm. And so it, it's just, you know, that that is a question, you know, what is, where does our humanity begin? Yeah. But what can change here? As long as our culture is in the contraception mentality where uh, human intercourse becomes something of a playtime, of, of casual, of, of demeaning and perverse, this will never change, will it? Yeah, it will never change. I truly believe that. And I receive, I receive tons and tons, I mean, of hate. I mean, just take a gander through <laughs> my recent Twitter post. I mean, I, I receive tons and tons of hate for saying that. I am told all the time that, well, birth control would solve for, for this uh, abortion problem. But look back to when there was no birth control. You know, there was very few abortions too. Now, I'm not exactly saying there are correlation equals causation. But what I am saying is that it's that contraceptive mentality of taking the sacredness away from sex, of taking away the child away from, from the sexual act, right? Because what is sex? Sex is supposed to be the most beautiful way you can give yourself to a person. And when you take in the manifestation of love, is a child, right? Love creates, right? We see that manifested in the Holy Trinity, right? The Holy Trinity is the father and the son pouring love, sincerely giving themselves to one another, which brings, you know, which creates, right? The Holy Spirit, right? And that is what as human beings, that's the deepest calling that we are called to do as made Imago Dei is to enter fully into that likeness of God. And when you take, when you take that away when you take the love away from sex when you can begin having sex without any quote-unquote consequences but without any fruits then you take away love you know that's the whole idea of why jesus curses the fig tree he curses the fig tree because it bore no fruit because it lacked love in the heart that's what he tells the jews all the time is you can do all these things quote-unquote by the law by obligation but if there's no heart if there's no love it has no meaning and that's the issue here that we are fighting with abortion is this contraceptive mentality of of the fact that you know really that we need no love. And, and so when you see bodies as an instrument of pleasure and not giving and not as an opportunity to gift yourself, to give a sincere gift of self to another, then you will know, then you will continue entering into this abortion mindset of, well, well, if there, if I didn't want a child, well, guess what? You know, then it becomes morally permissible to say, well, you know, well, maybe it's okay to quote unquote, get rid of this child because people see abortion as just another form of birth control. It's opened up this wing to abortion. And I believe until there is no contraception, we will see, we will, we will not see abortion go away because it's that contraceptive mentality that has fostered abortion, that has continued abortion to be morally permissible within a society. It was the grounds for why Roe v. Wade was passed and it was because well if we can allow birth control if you know a birth control by the way used to be illegal in the united states leading up to roe v wade and but then when that became legal abortion could become legal because because of that contraceptive mentality of taking parenthood you mm -hmm. know and i always encourage people to just say you know instead of consent to sex 
ask about consent to parenthood, you know, um, would, you know, and that, that is a teller of whether or not that is truly the person loving you or using your Mm. instrument as something as using your body as an instrument for their pleasure. We're down to just under two minutes now with Maya Abraham, CEO of Great Life Teens. Tell us about Great Life Teens. What is it you do? Yeah, Great Life Teens, our motto is bringing dignity back to humanity by forming our communities. And we get teens connected with their local communities. I believe it all goes back to the local community. It goes back to, you know, encountering that woman where she is. It goes back to the grassroots of what we have in our schools. And so I started Great Life because I struggled to be a part of the pro-life movement when I was a teen. And I never wanted another teen to have to feel that way again. I believe that teens who get inspired in the pro-life movement need to stay inspired and use the inspiration to inspire others. So if you know of any youth who just need one place to go to figure out how to get involved in the pro-life movement, go to greatlifeteens.org. We'll get you connected, even if it's with Students for Life, live action, we don't care what we get you connected with. We just want to get you connected, involved, and provide you the resources and the funding to be a part of the pro-life movement. Yeah, it's very inspiring to see an, a pro-life organization run by uh, young women who are motivated and fearless in this. So God bless you all for doing it. Uh, greatlifeteens.org. Greatlifeteens.org. Check it out. Spread that widely. We'd be grateful to you. Maya Abraham, God bless you. God love you. Thanks for being on today. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. That's going to do it for our number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you all for joining us. If you can and are able, join us in the next hour. We'd love to have you. Of course, we have our game show, Fear and Trembling, and prizes are at stake, and you could win. We'll tell you all about it in the next hour, plus a lot more coming up for those that are able to hang out on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, which where you can find all of the live video feeds and listen just to the audio too. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow. I think Deacon Harold Burke Sivers will be our guest tomorrow. Praise be to God. We're going to talk about the parallels between King David and our Lord. We'll see you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. place in my life and I'm energized by new adventures I've got friends to laugh with and a good relationship but even though I'm kind of comfortable I sometimes wonder is there something more could God in church be what you're looking for come and see at catholicscomehome.com Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. 
You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. It's okay for Lent to be a struggle. Christ never promised us fame, riches, or happiness in this life, but rather suffering, poverty, and sacrifice. The desert of Lent helps us discern the need for God. We must realize, in most cases, the desert is more of a path than it is a place for us to live. If we follow in the path of Christ, that is, in His way of the cross, we find not a crown of gold, but a crown of thorns. We must first die if we wish to be reborn. Moses and the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years, and Jesus fasted and was tempted in the desert for 40 days. The 40 days of Lent are a time of trial and purification. This Lent, let's leave everything to God, especially if everything seems to be going wrong. This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Tuesday April the 12th, 2022. We have a great hour lined up for you. It's going to be fun. We're going to have good news, praise be to God, which is hard to come by more and more these days, but we do. We, we are committed to inspiring you with some good news here in just a minute. We, of course, are going to have the saint of the day, gospel of the day, and we'll have a little bit of a reflection, praise be to Jesus. And then, of course, our game show is coming up this hour, 15 past, which, by the way, if you want to hedge your bet, if you don't want to wait until I give you the number, and have to race to the phone like the good old days. Boy, <laughs> man, I remember when they first started putting uh, speed dial on the phones. Like that became a feature. Or like redial. Oh, you're probably too young for that. Are you, Rudy? I, no, I remember those days. The re, the, the redial. Like when yep. you're, like pff, the, we, we bought the long cord, like the 12-footer. Uh-huh. So that we could like move away from the kitchen wall. And it always get janked up. Oh, man. But man, we, <laughs> we'd be in the living room wait because I'd listen to the radio. And just wait. Now we hit that redial button over and over and over again, hoping to get on. Dang. So if you want to avoid that, the way to do it is to go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Click the fear and trembling link at the top, and you will, you'll, the number's there. You're welcome to sit on hold. Praise be to God. Good morning, Duridi. Good morning. Yeah, do it. We appreciate it also because uh, it saves us a lot of time waiting around for uh, somebody to get through. So appreciate when you call in. And there are some really good prizes at stake this week. Yeah. I mean, these are the kinds of prizes. I, I said yesterday, I like to find sponsors who are going to supercharge your prayer life because mm -hmm. we need it, right? I mean, we we have to pray every single day. We have to communicate with God. We have to understand our place. This prize is really going to help you out. I mean, these prizes are the greatest thing since the redial button was added to the phone. 
Yes, actually. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Speaking of Speaking which. Speaking of redials. <laughs> Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. Speaking of the greatest thing since redials. Yes. Since sliced oh, bread. Yeah. So true. So true. Where did that come from? The greatest thing since sliced bread. Is sliced know. bread really that great? But you know, know what? Pretty good. Praise so. be to God. Despite the fact that uh, we now have sliced bread and redials. And we no mm-hmm. longer have to be attached mm-hmm. to a cord mm-hmm. when we are on the phone. It is still good to be here. Praise it's still be to God. good to be here. We um, had a great conversation with Maya oh, Abram last really hour. Well spoken. I mean, I was the conversation rough. was rough as Very far as rough. like the details go. But she was amazing. She's got such energy and such insight and very inspiring. She's the CEO of Great Life Teens, Inc., which you can find their website at greatlifeteens.org. Highly encourage you to check that out. But if you want to get the podcast, if you didn't listen to the last hour and you want to, you can always check out the podcast on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can also get it on Google Play. You can get it on Android or rather the iOS store. What is that? iTunes. You get it on iTunes. That's right. You can also get it on Spotify. Look for the Catholic Drive Time. Make sure to leave a five-star review when you do. That helps us reach a new audience. So uh, Meyer Abraham, great interview. Check that out. Uh, I want to thank Fung for taking today to pray, to fast, to do penance, because if you listen to the Meyer Abraham interview, then you are well aware of why Our Lady asked for acts of reparation, because the sins, the grave carnage that is caused by our mortal sins is so heavy. This is why there's going to be a second coming. This is why there's a judgment day headed, because things are that bad. What an opportunity to do some uh, acts of reparation today. And Fong is taking today to do that on our Lenten campaign. Thank you, Fong. You're very generous. We're grateful to you. Lisa Squibbs also reached out to me. She is a CDT insider, and she asked us to pray for the repose of her father, Michael Garut, who passed away suddenly on Saturday. And she, then she asked me to ask you, dear listener, if you would keep her father, Michael Garut, in your prayers, pray for his repose she would be very grateful to you. By the way, if you have a prayer request that you would like us to mention, you can always reach out to us. Contacts on the website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's jump in. Let's pray. We're going to get started. We have a lot to cover. Plus, we have a full after show for you uh, afterwards on our live video streams, all again linked up on our website. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth by all the creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's a story of a corporal work of mercy. Breitbart reports veterans pack funeral home to honor brother who died with no family. We're so grateful. A plea for help to honor a veteran who passed away with only a few friends resulted in a huge community gathering. Veterans descended on the Weatherford Young Funeral Home in Brick, New Jersey to honor Edwin Basterl. Basterl, who's 84, died a few weeks ago but didn't have any family. According to his obituary, Ed was a dental assistant who served in the Army and Navy from 1956 to 1969. Ed loved going, on all kind, going to all kinds of restaurants and would really enjoy the variety of foods that were offered. Ed had a warm and kind heart and we will dearly miss him forever. Meanwhile, Hannah Szymanski, a friend of Edwin, was saddened because her family would be the only people at the funeral. 
She sent out a plea to the community and veterans to attend, but feared it might not be in time. However, things turned out very differently. When the service began, the parking lot was full of veterans who filled a room of the funeral home to salute the man who was generous to so many people. My guess is that more than 75 veterans and friends were there, including about 25 American Legion Post 129 members, commented Mel Russin, a veteran who was there. Bastille's internment was held at Brig General William C. Doyle New Jersey Veterans Memorial Cemetery, located in Wrightstown, the obituary noted. Szymanski explained how she and her loved ones could not believe the response and spoke about how much they loved Bastille. He was a great person. We're glad to be able to honor him so much today, she noted. We're thankful to everyone who came and who shared his story. We're just so grateful. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Zeno of Verona. Zeno was a follower of Athanasius, the Patriarch of Alexandria, who accompanied his master when the latter visited Verona in 340. Staying in the city, Zeno entered the monastic life living as a monk until around 362, when he was elected successor to the See of Verona after the death of Bishop Grincinus. Zeno had received a good classical education and as bishop baptized many people. He won converts back from Arianism and lived a life of poverty. He trained priests to work in the diocese and set up a convent for women. He reformed how the Agape feast was celebrated and he forbade funeral masses from being accompanied by attendees gra loud groaning and wailing, which was common in Roman funerals. Zeno is described as a confessor of the faith in the early martyrologies. St. Gregory the Great calls him a martyr in his dialogues, but St. Ambrose, a contemporary of Zeno, does not. Ambrose speaks of Zeno's happy death, although as a confessor, Zeno may have suffered persecutions, but not execution during the reigns of Constantius II and Julian the Apostate. The entry in the current Roman martyrology lists him on April 12th, but makes no mention of martyrdom. According to legend, he was stolen at birth and briefly replaced by a demonic changeling. Yikes. One story relates that St. Zeno, one day fishing on the banks of the Adige, which he did in order to feed himself, saw a peasant crossing the river in a horse and cart. The horses began to get strangely skittish. Zeno, recognizing this to be the work of the devil, made the sign of the cross and the horses calmed down. Zeno was often said to combat the devil, and it is sometimes depicted of him treading on a demon. Another story relates that he exorcised a demon from the body of the daughter of the emperor Gallienus. And the story relates that the grateful Gallienus allowed Zeno and the other Christians freedom of worship in the empire. St. Gregory the Great at the end of the 6th century relates a miracle associated with the divine intercession of Zeno. In 588, the Adige flooded its banks, inundating Verona. The floodwater reached the church dedicated to St. Zeno, but miraculously did not enter it, even though the doors were wide open. The church was donated to Theodolinda, an eyewitness to the miracle and wife of King Othari. Zeno's episcopate lasted for about 10 years, the date of his death sometimes given as the 12th of April 371. St. Zeno of Verona, pray for us. Praise be to God. In all things, the gospel today comes to us from John chapter 13, verses 21 through 33 and 36 through 38. Reclining at table with his disciples, Jesus was deeply troubled 
and testified, Amen, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another at a loss as to whom he meant. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter nodded to him to find out whom he meant. He leaned back against Jesus' chest and said to him, Master, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I hand the morsel after I have dipped it. So he dipped the morsel and took it and handed it to Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot. After Judas took the morsel, Satan entered him. So Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now, none of those reclining at table realized why he said this to him. Some thought that since Judas kept the money bag, Jesus had told him, Buy what we need for the feast, or give something to the poor. So Judas took the morsel and left at once, and it was night. When he had left, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me. As I told the Jews, where I go you cannot come, so now I say it to you. Simon Peter said to him, Master, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going you cannot follow me now though you will follow me later. Peter said to him, Master, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Amen, amen, I say to you, the cock will not crow before you deny me three times. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Leo said in Hadock's commentary this morning, it is the voice not of command, but of permission, not of a person in fear, but of one prepared for death. And what he's talking about here, St. Leo, is he's talking about uh, the command to Judas to go and to do it quickly. Was he giving him permission? Was he, uh, was he commanding him to be uh, possessed by Satan? Was he somehow uh, an active participant in all of this? It's interesting, isn't it? Chandler says, it is not a license, much less a command, to go about his treason, but a signification to him that Christ would not hinder or resist what he was about to do. Do it as soon as he pleased, but was both ready and desirous to suffer for our redemption. Close quote, Chandler. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, Cornelius Lapide here says, in the Syriac, it actually says, and these things said Jesus, and groaned in spirit and testified, saying, amen, amen, I say to you. He says in Arabic, it says, was moved in spirit. So what does this get at? He said, this emotion then was an immense grief and indignation at the crime of Judas. He said, Christ was pained in the innermost feelings of his soul and groaned in spirit for the enormity of this crime, as well as for the perdition of Judas, because he recognized the perdition of Judas. Recognize that because many people today will say, well, you know, we don't know if Judas is in hell. We don't know what happened to Judas. But Christ very clearly here is groaning in pain and suffering, recognizing that Judas is going to be damned because of his sin and the sorrow he did not suffer 
offer involuntarily, but admitted it of his own free will, meaning that Christ does not have his passion just stirred up the way we do. He wills his passion. So the fact that he groans in spirit was not an involuntary action. He chose to do this. The second thing to note is that when he receives the Holy Eucharist, Judas does, as it were, he was driven to madness by the devil when he had received it unworthily, straight away forth to carry out the crime he was meditating. So this is what happens to us when we receive unworthily. Let us not receive unworthily. Finally, Cornelius Alapide says his opinion on when this happened was holding a middle place between the beginning and after the institution of the Holy Eucharist. He says this seems to be correct, namely that Christ both foretold his betrayal by Judas before the Eucharist and repeated the prediction after it. And this both because he felt the atrocity of his crime and was, as St. John here says, disturbed in spirit by it. Again, that he might place his own wickedness before Judas, show him that he knew of it and deter him from carrying it out and also to prepare and fortify the minds of the apostles, that when they should soon see that the actual betrayal of the capture of Jesus, they might not be shocked. This is very important for us to recognize that our Lord desired the salvation of Judas, and it was not God's will that he be damned, but it was his own will. All right, time to go to break. We're going to play Fear and Trembling. It's coming up next. That phone number is wide open right now. You could call. You could be our contestant. Pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open. The first caller gets to be the contestant. If you've never called, try right now. If it's been a long time, try calling back. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling coming up next. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. 
This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't tell anybody what I'm about to share with you. Keep this just between us, okay? That's the deal. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something about the Catholic faith that you were unaware of before. Praise be to God. Just just imagine the bragging rights of the next party you go to. I mean, Easter's coming, right? Right around the corner. There's that. I don't know what you're laughing at. The next thing, of course, is we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time. And honestly, our callers are amazing. It's certifiable. They are incredible. They laugh with us. They have great, uh, they have great fun, and we enjoy that most. And of course, we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everyone involved. Praise be to God. But if you're new here, if you're just tuning in, and you're like, "What in the?" Here's the deal. Okay, I have three Catholic trivia questions, but I do not ask the caller the questions, so they don't even need to know. They could not know a single one and still win. It's possible because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy, I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And the correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God, we have a return sponsor this week, Catholic Printing Press. Man, they make really good stuff. Catholic Printing Press works to recover, restore, and reproduce the forgotten holy cards of the past contemplative age of our church. And they pray that their new and upcoming projects will edify and help sustain the prayer lives of the laity. Please consider visiting their website at catholicprintingpress.com. They are generously sponsoring our game show this week with a variety of prayer cards. And Look, these aren't your mom's prayer cards. These are your grandma's <laughs> prayer cards. These are the really nice, old-school, uh, die-cut, you know, kind of, oh, man, they're just incredible. Look yeah. at their website, catholicprintingpress.com. Yeah, back in my day. Back in my Back day. in my day. When you went to school <laughs> uphill both ways. Prayer cards were awesome. All right, make prayer cards <laughs> great again. Uh, back uh, in his uh, day when he sat behind <laughs> Christ in, in Jewish school. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone enough, you two youngins. Good grief. Andrew, good morning to you. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Thank you all for answering. Hey. Praise be to God, Andrew. Where are you calling from? San Antonio, Texas. Great, the great city of San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Antonio Texas. supremacy. Where do you? Of Texas. Where do you go to church? Come on, St. Louis is on, on South Florida is the greatest church in all San Antonio. Oh, mea culpa, my friend. I don't know why I didn't know that. We're all equally as great each church here under our archdiocese, but nonetheless. St. Leo's is where I preside. <laughs> there you go. St. Leo, praise be to God. All right, Andrew, this is going to be fun, but you, you obviously know how this works. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Do you, you you ready to go then? I'm, a, I'm on your side. It's you and me together, brother, and uh, we'll have to see if we can't navigate the difficult and tricky waters of Rudy Carlos and Adrian Fonseca. Hey, do re mi fa sola ti da. Let's go. <laughs> 
Very good. Here we go. All right. We will start with Rudy first, as is our custom, as is our tradition, our patrimony. I was having flashbacks to the sound of music there, but that's okay. I was All thinking right. the same. There you go. Exactly. Love that song. Rudy, are you ready? I'm so ready, Joe. Are you sure? I couldn't sleep last night. I just wanted to play the game show. I'm not surprised. But are you sure? Is the Amen. Question. Yes. Okay. I'm so sure. Here we go. This is an easy one. Let's start off with the easiest of the three. Okay. Uh, Rudy, could you tell me what was the profession of Adam's son, Cain? Cain, man. Cain, what a guy. He was a stonemason. You get my meaning. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? He was he, what? He was a stonemason. He was a, oh, he was a, he was, was he a free stonemason? Just curious. <laughs> stone cutter? Free. Stone uh, he was, a, he was no? slinging stones. Okay. I've got to tell okay. you. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's just, so stonemason was your answer. Yep. Let's see what uh, yeah, brother, did. brother uh, Adrian has to say here. Adrian, can you tell me? Maybe. What was the profession <laughs> of Adam's son, Cain? Yes, Adam's son Cain, not Abel, his other son Cain. Yes, yes, yeah, Cain. That he was a farmer, a farmer. Yep, not a stonemason. Not a stonemason. Okay, a farmer. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right, Andrew. Is it as Rudy says, uh, a stonemason, or is it as Adrian says, a farmer? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Andrew, what say you? Oh, I got fifteen seconds. You say whatever. What? Oh, your your phone is breaking up. You're gonna go with Adrian. You're forced to have to go with Adrian. That's a wise, always a wise choice. (laughs) (laughs) You're in. You're in for one. You could win now, uh, Andrew. Praise be to God. He was in fact a farmer. Now, I'm excited about the prayer cards. Abel, Abel, what was he? Do you know? Shepherd. He was a shepherd. Abel Abel was a shepherd. All right, let's go to question number two. We're going to go to question number two. We'll start with Adrian first. Uh Uh-oh. Adrian? That's dangerous. This one, uh, probably the hardest one out of all three. Hardest one? I don't know. Maybe. Could be. Which cardinal virtue is a virtue of practical reason? A virtue of practical reason. Yes, of course. That's knowledge. You have to know what to do Mm -hmm. before you can do it. Yeah. So what was your answer? Knowledge. Okay. Hmm. Knowledge. Okay. Hey, now. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me which cardinal virtue is a virtue of practical reason? Practical reason. All right. So we have to put everything in perspective, Mm -hmm. and we have to have what's called prudence. Prudence. To know when to do the right thing. Is it... Is it prudent to, to say that at this time? Or? I I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's your choices, Andrew. It's either, as Rudy says, prudence, or it is, as Adrian says, and it is knowledge. Which of the two hey, is we... a cardinal virtue, is a virtue of practical reason? 15 seconds on the clock, Andrew. What say you? Hey, can we just get the question again and go with prudence? But what was the question? Which cardinal virtue is a virtue of practical reason? Is it Rudy's prudence or is it Adrian's knowledge? And I want to say, I want to say it just makes sense, the knowledge. So let me not make it too difficult on myself. Knowledge. Are you sure? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, Andrew. I feel like I let you down there, but 
You know, Adrian, he throws those low right curveballs to the low right corner. You Sometimes you just got to not swing at them. You know what I'm saying? You just got to be careful. But it, so you got to be prudent when you swing your bat. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you you said it five times. You're I was like, going with that, sneaking that in there like that. good, Joe. Yeah, prudence. Yeah. Prudence was the correct answer. But don't worry. We're going to get you in there twice. This next one, next one is easily the easiest of all three questions. Easily. Easily? Easily? Is is easy list even a word? It's hard list. It sounds like a website. It sounds like easy a list. It's Bidenism. It's really the hardest list. Okay. Anyway, all right. Here we go. Let's focus. Focus. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> back to Rudy. We're gonna go back to Rudy this time, Andrew. Rudy. Here we go. What is a day of abstinence? A day of Ooh. abstinence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Typically, mm -hmm. that's a day where you don't and you can't eat meat. Oh, I see. Yes. You don't, can't eat meat. You just don't do it. Yeah. Put it down. If you're a carnivore, you're on the carnivore diet. Yeah. Don't do it. You, don't do it. you eat, then it's a complete just, fast complete, for those folks. Yes. Yeah. That's Got a black it. fast. I right see. There. I see. But let's just see what Adrian says. Adrian, can you tell me what is a day of abstinence? Yes. A day of abstinence. That's a day where you avoid eating. Oh, yes. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you listen, abstain from food. Andrew, I am not a biologist. However, uh, the question is, what is a day of abstinence? Is it a complete fast from all foods ever, as Adrian seems to think? Or is it uh, just where you don't eat meat, as Rudy seems to think? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Andrew, what say you? I, I believe that a day of abstinence is where you don't eat anything at all. So I'll go with uh, go, Rudy. the guy who says go, don't eat nothing. Go with Rudy. Just go, go Rudy. Rudy. No! <laughs> man! Right. What was the answer? Not sure what to do there. <laughs> hey, can I say two answers at one time, right? It hey, was Rudy. It was Rudy. A Rudy. It was just, you don't eat meat. That's the answer. You, see, I told you I was not a biologist, so, we, you know, there you go. I don't eat at all. Yeah, Andrew, you're the best. Andrew, God love you. You're in the cup. You could still win. Tune in Friday to find out. But uh, God bless St. Leo's there. God bless you, Andrew. Thank you for playing our game and having a good time. We're giving it back to y'all. Thank you. Have a great day, Andrew. We're going to put you on hold. Oh, he just hung up. Call back, Andrew. Call back. We need your phone number just in case. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show. Please hang out with the after show if you can. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can find the live video right there. You can just watch it live right there on our website. But if you want to comment and interact, well, you can always just hang out one of our live video feeds. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Tuesday of Holy Week. 
The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. O sacred head surrounded by crown of piercing thorn, O bleeding head so wounded, reviled and put to scorn, Death's pallid hue comes o'er thee, the glow of life decays. Yet angel hosts adore thee, and tremble as they gaze. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God and, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, grant us so to celebrate the mysteries of the Lord's Passion that we may merit to receive your pardon through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Hear me, O islands, Listen, O distant peoples. The Lord called me from birth. From my mother's womb, he gave me my name. He made of me a sharp-edged sword and concealed me in the shadow of his arm. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me. You are my servant, he said to me, Israel, through whom I show my glory. Though I thought I had toiled in vain, and for nothing uselessly spent my strength. Yet my, yet my reward is with the Lord, my recompense is with my God. For now the Lord has spoken, who formed me as his servant from the womb, that Jacob may be brought back to him, and Israel gathered to him. And I am made glorious in the sight of the Lord, and my God is now my strength. It is too little, he says, 
for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. The word of the Lord. I will sing of your salvation. I will sing of your salvation. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, rescue me and deliver me. Incline your ear to me and save me. I will sing of your salvation. Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety. For you are my rock and my fortress. O oh my God, rescue me from the hand of the wicked. I will sing of your salvation. For you are my hope, O oh Lord, my trust, O oh God, from my youth. On you I depend from birth. From my mother's womb you are my strength. I will sing of your salvation. My mouth shall declare your justice, day by day your salvation. O oh God, you have taught me from my youth until the present, I proclaim your wondrous deeds. I will sing of your salvation. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Hail to you, our King, obedient to the Father. You were led to your crucifixion like a gentle lamb to the slaughter. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. Reclining at table with his disciples, Jesus was deeply troubled and testified, Amen, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another at a loss as to whom he meant. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter nodded to him to find out whom he meant. He leaned back against Jesus' chest and said to him, Master, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I hand the morsel after I have dipped it. So he dipped the morsel and took it, and handed it to Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot. After Judas took the morsel, Satan entered him. So Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now none of those reclining at table realized why he said this to him. Some thought that since Judas kept the money bag, Jesus had told him, Buy what we need for the feast, or to give something to the poor. So Judas took the morsel and left at once, and it was night. When he had left, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and as I told the Jews, 
Where I go you cannot come. So now I say it to you. Simon Peter said to him, Master, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going you cannot follow me now, though you will follow later. Peter said to him, Master, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Amen, amen, I say to you, the cock will not crow before you deny me three times. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This morning's Gospel reminds us of the urgency needed in our life to overcome sin and temptation. When we think of Judas in particular, and when we also think of, of Peter and his denial of Jesus, we can think that, you know, both Judas and Peter were part of Jesus's inner circle. They know the Lord well. Peter, of course, made his very beautiful confession of faith that was revealed to him by the Father in heaven. And yet here, when the moment of truth comes, Judas outright betrays Jesus and sells him out completely, and Peter denies him despite his professions that he will remain faithful to the Lord and will die for him if need be. I think it reminds us of two very important uh, principles of the spiritual life. The first one is that knowledge is not enough to always make the right decision to choose the good and to avoid evil. In fact, we know that sin by definition is always irrational. Sin is always a kind of shooting yourself in the foot because it goes against what you were created for. It goes against your movement toward perfection and happiness in life. And yet, even those of us who have full knowledge or good knowledge of what our faith is, good knowledge of what Jesus is, uh, none of us can say that we're completely above sin and that we're not at all worried that we're ever going to choose it. It reminds us that the human will, our faculty of the will, that we need to train it, we need to discipline it, so that when the moments of temptation comes, we will be ready to choose good and to reject evil. Because both Judas and Peter show us that it's a lot more than just head knowledge when it comes to living our faith. It takes a firm decision of the will, especially in difficult moments, especially in moments of temptation, to be able to choose the good and to reject the evil. The second principle that it shows us is that we Christians are constantly called to remain humble. We are never to presume that we have it all figured out and that we can definitively say, Lord, I know 100% for certain if this ever happened to me, I would always be faithful to you. I'd be willing to die for you. Uh, those are nice sentiments, but until we're actually in that spot, we don't know what we're going to be capable of. And it reminds us that, number one, we shouldn't presume, but number two, we really are reliant on God's grace to be able to heroically follow Christ. That none of us in and of our own power can merely do it out of our sheer willpower or force of will, but that it really takes a collaboration of a firm decision on our part to be united to the Lord. But secondly, that we need his grace, we need his assistance to be able to choose the good, and to reject evil. As we saw very clearly today, Peter made big claims, but wasn't quite ready to fulfill them. 
And humility keeps us on our knees and it keeps us reliant on God's grace to know that we need his strength. In conclusion, uh, St. John Paul II used to always say that, you know, human life is like a drama. Every single day we have choices placed in front of us to think, speak, or do good, and conversely to not do good, which is precisely what the definition of evil is. And every single day we use our free will to make the decision whether or not we're going to collaborate with God's grace, with his strength, to be able to choose the good and reject evil. And because of that, uh, life truly is a drama. It truly is something which is dynamic, which is filled every day with a great possibility to do an immense amount of good by uniting our life to the grace of Jesus, by uniting our struggles and sufferings to Jesus on the cross. But it's also filled with the possibility of not doing good. And so my brothers and sisters, as we go forward in this Tuesday of Holy Week, let us ask God for the grace that mindful of the celebration of the Paschal Mysteries of the Lord, which is upcoming later this week, that we would always remember that Jesus Christ won the victory over sin and temptation by dying on the cross for us. And let us ask that we would always humbly come before him on our knees, begging his grace, that we would always be prepared to choose the good and to reject evil. Amen. In this time of the Lord's Passion, when Christ offered prayers and supplications to his Father with loud cries and tears, let us humbly beseech God that in answer to his Son's reverent submission, he may in mercy hear our prayers also. That the Church, the Bride of Christ, may be more fully cleansed by his blood. In this time of his Passion, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That through the blood of Christ's cross, all things in the world may be brought to peace for the sake of salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That God may grant fortitude and patience to all who through sickness or hardship have a share in Christ's passion. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That we may all be led through the Lord's passion and cross to the glory of his resurrection. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Be present, O Lord, to your people at prayer, so that what they do not have the confidence or presumption to ask, they may obtain by the merits of your Son's passion, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Ubi caritas et amor Ubi caritas Deus ibi ubi caritas et amor, ubi caritas, Deus ibi ubi caritas, Et amor, ubi caritas, Deus ibi est, ubi caritas,
us at amor ubi caritas Deus ibiest Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. Look favorably, O Lord, we pray, on these offerings of your family. And to those you make partakers of these sacred gifts, grant a share in their fullness through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For the days of his saving passion and glorious resurrection are approaching, by which the pride of the ancient foe is vanquished, and the mystery of our redemption in Christ is celebrated. Through him the host of angels adores your majesty and rejoices in your presence forever. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in one chorus of exultant praise as we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world. 
for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who, who art in, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamundi, nobis. On you stay, Qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. 
Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. At the cross her station keeping Stood the mournful mother weeping Close to Jesus to the last Through her heart his sorrow sharing All his bitter anguish bearing now at length the sword has passed. Oh, that blessed one, grief-laden, all his bitter, blessed maiden, mother of all blessed one. How she stood in desolation, upward gazing on the passion of that deathless dying son, who could see from tears refraining Christ's dear mother uncomplaining. In so great a sorrow bowed. Let us pray. Nourished by your saving gifts, we beseech your mercy, Lord, that by the same sacrament with which you have fed us in the present age, you may make us partakers of life eternal through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow your heads and pray for God's blessing. May your mercy, O God, cleanse the people that are subject to you from all seduction of former ways and make them capable of new holiness through Christ our Lord. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Down in adoration falling Lo, the sacred host we hail. Lord, our ancient forms departing, newer rites of grace prevail. Faith for all supplying, where the feeble senses fail. To the everlasting Father and the Son who reigns on high, with the 
spirit bless proceeding forth from each eternity. The Prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy Thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.